you to get used to singing that chorus this year. You know, Wanda, we can sing it, Holy Spirit, heal through me. Judith, we can sing it, Holy Spirit, save through me. Roger, we can sing, Holy Spirit, bless through me. Because those are all operations of the Holy Spirit. I want to direct your attention to Luke chapter 4, as today we pick up on the fourth in our series of miracles in the life of the anointed Redeemer. This one is recorded in Matthew chapter 8, Mark chapter 1, Luke chapter 4, and uh, if it's recorded in three out of four of the Gospels, it must have importance. Picking up from last Sunday, Pastor, are you going to go through all the miracles? I don't know, but we're going to try. Because everyone has a different revelation for us to grab hold of, a different thing for us to see. Last week, we saw that on the Sabbath day, in the house set apart for God's worship and service, demoniacs sometimes go to church. And apparently this one had been comfortable in church for a while. And there was a whole lot of the law being discussed at church, but none of the power of God. And when the word was preached with authority, it changed. As a believer, you know when you're hearing somebody who believes what they're telling you. There's an authority that comes in what they say, and there's a conviction that comes with what they say. But they were at church... The demoniac begins to cry out and accuse the Lord Jesus Christ of torture. And he says, shut up, get out. And everybody was surprised that you could actually walk in authority. That as a representative of Jehovah, Lord of hosts, you could exercise authority over the devil, even at church. So today we pick up in chapter 4, and Rudy, it's still the Sabbath. And they come right out of shocking everybody at church that God is real and the scriptures have authority. And those representing God can destroy the works of Satan. So while the church is still reeling in unbelief and shock, James, Jesus says, I hear Peter's got some locks and bagels, little gefilte fish. Maybe we can get them to stir up some matzo balls and 
We'll just peg out Sunday dinner at Peter's house. Now, tradition will tell you that Peter lived about 900 feet from the synagogue. In fact, when Constantine's empire was being established, he gave his mother the authority to establish marked places where things had occurred in the Bible. And so Constantine's mother came to this area and went to the house that tradition said had been Peter's house. And she had the house wrecked and they built a church on that site, which she did all over. She built churches at the site in Bethlehem. She built churches everywhere because Constantine had made Christianity the official religion. So if you went to the Holy Land today, you'd find 900 feet from the synagogue a church, a Christian church, built on the site that tradition said was Peter's house. As you read this story, you'll find that uh, at Peter's house was Peter's wife, family, mother-in-law, and the scripture seems to indicate, Tara, that uh, Andrew was living with them too. So now that you've found chapter 4 of Luke, then he got up and left the synagogue and entered Simon's home. Now Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever, and they asked him to help her. I am taking this from Luke because Luke was a medical doctor before he began to follow Paul. Luke was not one of the disciples. So as a medical doctor, when he says that she was suffering from a high fever, that's not a casual observation. That's a medical doctor saying, Ma-in-law is sick. And standing over her, he rebuked the fever, and it left her, and immediately got up. She what? She immediately got up, <coughs> sick, bedfast, high fever, and he rebuked the spirit of infirmity. I want to stop for a second. Some years ago, I was doing a crusade with R.W. Schambach. And Schambach taught that a Christian can't have a demon. But in the prayer line on a regular basis, he would curse the spirit of cancer and command it to leave. Lester Summerall said, when asked the question, can a believer have a demon? He said, a believer can have anything they can believe for. 
In other words, you can give a demon permission to enter your life. All cancer is a spirit. All severe, life-threatening diseases are of the devil. Sickness is of the devil. And a lot of times, we're praying wrong. In fact, anytime you pray for God to heal you, you're praying wrong. It is ungodly, it's unscriptural, and it's wrong for any believer to ever pray for themselves to be healed or to pray for anyone else to be healed. You can't pray that prayer without calling God a liar. Now, I know that's not popular because one of the most popular things in full gospel circles is to pray for the sick. But when the sick ask me to pray for them, I say, I don't pray for the sick. But I want you to notice that Jesus didn't pray for ma-in-law. He rebuked the spirit. And you can become so sensitive, Ethel, that you can come in contact with a person and know were they exposed to cold and heat and this fever is a result of exposure? Or is this an attack by Satan to bring her down? Gosh, I hadn't thought about that song since the 60s. Don't bring me down. <laughs> yes, I do have some memories of the 60s. little blurry, but I got a few memories. Sometimes we're praying, like I said, wrongfully for healing. But it isn't a matter of healing. It's a matter of rebuking the devil and canceling the assignment of a spirit of infirmity. And as you become more and more sensitive, even your flesh will respond when there is a demonic presence. I've known of people who became so sensitive to what was of God that they could smell the demons. Now, I've experienced times in my life when I could smell a spirit of death. We were approaching an accident one day, and I said, somebody died. And... Jerry Odell said, how do you know? I said, I can smell the spirit of death. As we got closer, sure enough, there was somebody under the tarp. They were dead. There is a stench that comes when it's not just the occurrence of things that happen. In that particular incident, a family was wiped out going down I-35 and their car ran off the road, hit one of the support pillars of an overpass. The car burst into fire and or burst into flames, not fire. And death was there. That was an attack on that family. 
it wasn't just a, a simple, well, they just died. You can become so sensitive that you'll know when it's just the course of nature and things occurring or when it is an attack of Satan. And whenever you notice and comprehend that it's an attack of Satan, that's when you come against not only what just happened, but the root cause of it and what it was supposed to accomplish. Because sometimes... Brother Roger has a hedge around him and his wife that the devil can't get through to them. So what does he do? He goes outside of that hedge and he finds their child and attacks their child so that the pain gets to them that he couldn't inflict on them. Don't take life for granted. Stop and see why is this happening. Is it just the course of nature? They did enough stupid things that it finally caught up with them? Or was this an attack against them or attack through them to try and hurt someone else who has the wall up around them? This was Peter's mother-in-law. What would happen if she had died in the course of Peter following Jesus? He wouldn't have been there possibly at a time when it was necessary for him to put his foot in his mouth so we would learn. It's hard to follow Christ when you've got to bury mother-in-law. So the Lord Jesus entering the house, he rebukes this spirit of infirmity and says, get out. And when he rebuked it, what does that mean? What does it mean that he rebuked the spirit of infirmity? I guess we ought to get with the notes since spent all the time putting them together. When it says he rebuked, that means to admonish or to censure. There was a time when the word censure meant more than it does today. There was a time when the word to censure meant to remove their authority to speak, act, perform. Nowadays, it's just a verbal rebuke. But there was a time when you censured a person, you cut off their authority to do anything. It's the Sabbath day still. He comes in, and if you read the other accounts, he takes her by the hand. Well, Pastor, what's important about that? 
for a Jewish person to touch a sick person rendered them unclean, and it was the Sabbath day. To be unclean on the Sabbath day was a horrible thing, but Jesus didn't let tradition stop him. The woman was hurting, and he took her by the hand when nobody else would touch her because if we touch you, we're unclean. So on the Sabbath day, on the worship day, he takes her by the hand. He rebukes or exercises divine authority over demonic authority. And she recovers. Now, we're not talking about a couch being reupholstered. She recovered. What does it mean to recover? To be restored to full function. So much so that she doesn't just, well, I still feel faint, but uh, no. She gets up and starts warming up the gefilte fish. She's bringing the bagels out of the oven. She's saying, spread the cheese. Bagels are hot. She is serving them. She has gone from bedfast under a demonic attack to recovered. God don't want you to feel better. God wants you to restore the wholeness. Now then, Jesus breaks the power of Satan and time elapses. She gets up. She's fixing them something to eat. I mean, Jesus and the boys are in the house. We've got to feed these dudes. They've been busy casting out demons over church. They worked up an appetite. So she is serving them. Little foot washing, little lunch, little how you boys doing. So glad you could stop by. Don't look at Andrew's room. He hadn't been cleaning it. And then it tells you something else. While the sun was setting... All those who were sick with various diseases brought them to him. What's the importance there? The anointed redeemer has broken the law he healed on the Sabbath. He has broken the law he casts out demons at church. But they, observing all this, still won't break the law because it's unlawful to work on the Sabbath, so they have to wait till sundown when Sabbath ends. Napoleon, you've heard me many times say, every word is in there for a reason. Why does it tell you while the sun was setting? Why is that in there? Because they, seeing him break the Sabbath to deliver a demoniac, to heal Peter's mother-in-law, still wouldn't break the Sabbath 
No, we can't go get sick Uncle Fred. We can't go get Mama. I mean, she's just going to have to lay there and suffer till sundown because we can't break the religious tradition. If we go get them now, we'll have broken the law of working on Sunday. Pastor, if I was in the presence of the miraculous and the supernatural, and I saw him cast out a demon at church and then heal the sick, if from birth religious tradition has been instilled in you, it's going to take you a while, Raymond, to overcome that religious tradition. But the Bible wants you to see right in the midst of religious tradition, Jesus doesn't say, you should have brought them before sunset. Wow. You should have showed your faith greater than religious traditions. No. I want you to get this. Your God is the God of the second chance. Bobby said to Peter, he says, Come on. Yeah. Jesus out in the water. Peter says, that's you. Bid me come. He goes, yeah. <laughs> come and say here. Andale pronto. Peter's walking on the water. Then Peter gets out of his spirit and into his head and starts thinking, any one of these waves could drown me. What am I doing out here? The boat's over there. He's over there. And I'm caught betwixt and between. I could think it. Oops. <laughs> and what does the Lord do? Does he go, You should have believed me. It's your own fault. Oh, ye of little faith. Ta ta ta. Ta ta ta. <laughs> Taps. <laughs> no. He reaches out and gives him a second chance. If you can't be me on a spiritual level of come, meet me on a physical level, I got gotcha. you. The son of the God of all creation meets him on a physical level because Peter got out of faith and into the flesh, so he takes him by the flesh. And meets him where he is because your God will meet you at whatever level of faith you have, even if it's second level faith. Help. Gotcha. So Jesus lets them get away with waiting till sundown to go get the sick and he sits around while the healed mother-in-law is fixing food washing feet 
cleaning the house, dusting off their cloaks, whatever was necessary, she served them. And when the sun is going down, the Sabbath is over, and they go, here they are. Got a crowd of people. What happened? He healed them all. Should that not speak to your faith? Yeah, I should be here, God, but I'm not. Can you meet me here? Can you meet me here? God will take whatever you extend to Him and meet you there. It's a busy Sabbath day. Church, reveal to the elders they don't know what they think they know. Cast out a demon. Go to Peter's house. Meet more unbelief. Meet more tradition. But just keep on doing the work of the Master. If you are easily offended, the devil is an expert in making sure you'll be offended. Right in the midst of the miraculous spectacular, he'll draw your attention to the fly. A number of years ago, a minister was going to look at a, a youth camp that was up for sale and they wanted to get uh, the fuller picture of the whole camp because it was about 50 acres. So they rented a helicopter and flew over the encampment so they could see the entire layout, how everything was, and then they would land and inspect the cabins and the, the chow hall and assembly areas. And as they were up in the helicopter, they looked down and there was a turkey buzzard circling, flying over the camp. And they watched as the buzzard flew and swooped and finally came down and there was a rat that had died that the, the buzzard saw. And the people looking at the camp, the elder, who was in charge of making the decision, said, would you look at that? 50 acres of the most beautiful campgrounds I've ever seen. A stream flowing through the edge of it, beautiful meadows, trees, cabins, fire pits, assembly areas, recreational areas, all of that beauty and all that buzzard could see was one dead rat. And sometimes people are the same way. They can't see all the blessings, all the love, all the kindness. All they can see, your buttons aren't buttoned. But if you're going to be used of God, you're going to have to get over being petty. And looking at what isn't perfect and what isn't great. And he didn't say, 
You know, a few hours ago when I healed the mother-in-law, you could have brought them then, but you waited for sundown because you wouldn't break the law to see your loved ones healed, to see your neighbors healed. But instead, he healed every one of them. Pastor, you haven't hardly touched the notes today. Well, I've already read them several times. The notes are so that you can keep the points that need to be made. I want to share this with you. This is a year that God said is the miraculous supernatural. I'm now getting reports from all over the world from ministers who are telling me God said this year is a year of the miraculous and the supernatural. Are you going to wait till sundown to trust God? Are you going to find the passage that already tell you that the Spirit of God has dealt to you gifts, anointings, callings, special purposes? Are you going to trust God now or are you going to wait until... You see it happening. Can you just take a word from the Lord and say, Father, I want to be used of you this year. I want to flow in the miraculous supernatural. Not, well, God, I want to speak in tongues. God, I want to interpret. I want to prophesy. I want to flow in word of knowledge, word of wisdom. I want to flow in the laying of hands and miracles. No, I want to be used of you. What is it that you desire of me? And I'll tell you this. If you'll meet him on come, he'll meet you on help. Pastor, what he's saying, if there's a burning desire in you to flow in word of knowledge, and he calls you to give a message in tongues and a service and you do it, you'll be in line to be using a word of knowledge because you were willing to let him draw out of you what he wanted to draw out of you. Now, because you've proven he can trust you, he can let you flow in what you want to flow in. But if you demand on waiting till you can prophesy to do anything, you're going to find it hard to prophesy because God can't trust you with his anointing. Sooner or later, God's going to say to you, Damon, come. Can you step out? Or do you have to have the entire boat instantly at the shore to believe God? The mind almost boggles when it stops to think. You know as soon as the Lord cast a demon out at church, word was all over that town. As soon as the power of God was experienced at the church, word was all over town. And yet human nature being what it was, they still couldn't break with tradition and they had to wait for the sun to go down 
before they went and got the people who needed to be healed. But it was just like a church. The Spirit of the Lord was present to heal, but wasn't nobody getting healed because they weren't yielding to the Spirit that was present. They were too busy judging the Spirit they didn't understand. In my life, I've watched individuals who had a call of God on their life. But the call of God on their life became so important to them that they couldn't weep when someone else wept or rejoice when someone else rejoiced. They would sit puffed up and upset that they weren't given the stage and someone else was. Understand this year, as miracle signs and wonders began to flow, you aren't in charge of when you're used. And if you are unwilling, oh, God's using them again, I'll just clean my fingernails and I think I'll check my text messages. No, if you can't get excited that God is using sister so-and-so, brother so-and-so, you're not going to get used the way you could be because all you can think about is, I could have done that better. I would have said that more succinctly. I would have done that with more aplomb. No. I've seen God do strange things in my life. God wanted to do a miracle in the service we were in one night, and he just said to me, go down front, lay prostrate, and begin to weep before me. But God is camp meeting, and there's ministers in here from all over the state, and I'm one of the young guys here. God said, Go prostrate yourself and weep before me. You know I was kind of stubborn. We're down to the third time when he says, Go prostrate. God, I'm wearing a Herald from the a Herald in the Heights Houston suit. This is my favorite suit. I'm wearing my Carnaby Street wing-tipped Oxfords. This isn't the time to be laying on the floor at camp meeting. It wasn't my camp meeting. It was another organization. But after the third time, I got out of my seat and I walked down front and I knelt down and just laid down prostrate and started weeping before the Lord. It didn't matter what was going on, who was speaking, what was taking place. Daddy said, do that. Miracles begin to happen in that building. A man that his wife had been praying for for years to be saved was driving down the street. street. Conviction hit him. He went to the church, came down the aisle, and the Lord said to me, stand up. And as I stood up, I turned around. He was coming down the aisle, gave his heart to the Lord. A woman with a steel pin from her hip to her ankle, a steel pin, the length of her leg, could not bend that leg, walk like this. 
God said to her, go kneel at the altar. She went down, knelt at the altar, and her family almost collapsed. How can she kneel at the altar with a steel pen down her leg? But she did. A guy who had been wanting to be used of God, and never good, God said to him, get up and go stand in the corner and weep before me. Brother Webster got up, went and stood in the corner, began to weep before God, and as he did, people who had been watching him went to the altar and got born again. Now, if the Lord had said to me, stand and prophesy to this gathering of ministers from all over the state, I'm dressed for it. (laughs) But no, he said, go lay on the floor and weep. Are you willing to be used of God where you are? I wasn't recognized at that time. I was the minister of music at the home church where camp meeting was. I directed the choir, led the singing, taught the adult Bible class. Ministers began to stand up and prophesy that I was called a pastor. Now, this is uncomfortable when you're under another pastor and ministers start standing and saying, you're called the pastor. But you see, because I was willing to meet God in the floor, he was willing to lift me up. Church, I'm telling you, this is a year for the flow of the Holy Spirit. This is a year when the Holy Spirit wants to use you. But vacate all previously conceived ideas of how you should be used, where you should be used, when you should be used, and show God you're willing to be used wherever he wants to use you. It is a serious slap in the face to your pride to be told by God, go lay on the floor and weep. At camp meeting, when all the special speakers and ministers from around the state are there. But you will never be the same after you yield. But if there's any part of tradition in you that's making you wait till sunset before you do anything, God will still meet you. But you'll miss out on the greater blessings, the greater empowerment. It was a sign to the people that your traditions about clean and unclean don't really matter. Breaking the power of that spirit of infirmity matters. Sun up, sundown, Sabbath, none of that matters. It's doing the works of him who has called me while it is day. This simple story, you could miss so much of this if you didn't read it word by word and see the full context of what's going on. It was a miracle of healing, but it was a miracle of, of exercising the power of God over the power of Satan.
it was a sign that he was Lord of the Sabbath, not the Sabbath was Lord of him. It was a wonder to me. I wonder how you could watch that miracle take place and go, well, two more hours and we can go get Uncle Joe. My wife will just have to hang on another hour and a half because it ain't sundown yet and we can't do anything on the Sabbath. When openly displayed before them was work being done on the Sabbath. He said, I've come to destroy the works of Satan. So he destroyed the works of Satan at church. He destroyed the works of Satan at home. And then sat there and waited until sundown to destroy the works of Satan for people who were tradition bound. Do you realize how much God loves you? That he'll sit and wait for sundown so he can bring to you that which you weren't willing to bring to him before sundown? Some of you, since we began to talk about this being the year of the miraculous and supernatural, the Lord has brought you more than once to a passage of Scripture. I want you to stop for a moment and think about what Scriptures the Lord been reminding me of, bringing me to lately. And as we are coming to communion, I want you to bring that passage, that gift, that calling, that thing the Lord keeps bringing before your attention. I want you to bring it alive right now. Sometime during December, January, February, when we've been talking to you, God has brought something to your attention. It may have been a scripture. It may have been a prophecy that was given you that's come back to you. It may have been just the Holy Spirit stirring you that something you've allowed to lay latent you need to work on it. Maybe it's teaching, singing, serving, doing something. Whatever it is that God has been bringing to you, He can use that. People still marvel that God used fishing to produce a miracle of finances. He let a fisherman go fishing. He let him do what he loved to do. And as we come to communion, whatever the Lord has been dealing with you about serving, giving, sharing, ministering, whatever it is, I want you to grab hold of it. I want you to think about it. And then I want you to present it to the Lord and say, Father, today 
I'm yielding myself to you. This is what you've impressed me with. This is what you've spoken to me about. This is what you've ministered to me from. Now I want to flow with you in it. This is what you talked to me about. Now at communion, a celebration of victory over unsurmountable odds. I'm believing that you are bringing me to a point where I can flow with you in this.